Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. We are previewing the upcoming season by doing team previews head-to-head. Who's better? This week, we broke down who's better, Blue Jays versus the Rays, and then Blue Jays versus the Yankees. was going to do Orioles-Red Sox to close out the American League East. But I'm going to have Colby Olsen on to defend his Red Sox as I might take the Orioles side in that debate. We're going to do that hopefully at some point next week. So we're going to shift gears to the other division that we previewed this week at JustBaseball.com and on the Just Baseball show, the AL Central. Cleveland Guardians versus the Minnesota Twins, two teams that were battling out to win the division last year. The Guardians ultimately ran away with it. They were unbelievable down the stretch in September. I believe they were 21-8. and to close out the year that month before clinching out the division. There were three and two, I think, in October. So what's that math? 24 and 10 to close out the 2022 campaign. Made it into the playoffs. The Twins, they fell off. You know, they had the division in hand. Look at August 1st. Who's atop that division? It was the Twins. They went out. They made moves. They got Jorge Lopez. They got Michael Fulmer to address that bullpen. They finished the year at 78 and 84. So they fell off and they ended up falling off so hard. They ended up below 500. You look at what these teams did this offseason. The Twins, I would argue, have been more improved. You know, you bring Correa back, which technically not an improvement. He was on the team last year, but you really thought he was gone because he signed with two separate teams this offseason, one of them being my Mets. Uh, but, you know, the ink had to dry. He had to pass those physicals. He ends up back in Minnesota. They trade Luisa Rise to get Pablo Lopez to help their starting rotation. They made nice small moves. You know, you look to get a Joey Gallo as a bounce back candidate in there. They get Christian Vasquez to give them a really good backstop. They are definitely a team that I look at and they say, all right, you know, they got some pieces here to be better and to really contend in this central. Look at the Guardians, though. They just won the division with all these up-and-comers like Stephen Kwan and Andres Jimenez all really having strong seasons. They go out and they get a Josh Bell. I think that's really going to help solidify the middle of that lineup and give you some legitimate protection behind Jose Ramirez. As great as Josh Naylor was and can be your starting first baseman, it might still be your starting first baseman with Bell being the DH. You know, as, as good as Naylor was... I think Bell's a more sure thing to provide the protection in that lineup that J-Ram needs. When we compare them head-to-head, though, one of the things I like to do is break down the front five and then the final four of each of these lineups. So if we go to roster resource at Fangraphs, one thing I noted immediately is they have Andres Semenez hitting sixth. Personally, I don't think that's going to happen. Could be wrong about that, but I feel like Andres Semenez should hit somewhere near the top of this lineup considering he was arguably the you know second-best hitter to Jose Ramirez last year. I actually don't think it is arguable. He was the second-best hitter to J-Ram. So I'm going to flip him and Ahmed Rosario, two former Mets. They have Rosario in the two-hole. We're going to put Jimenez there for the purpose of this exercise. So you look at the front five on the Guardian side. Steven Kwan got hit over 300 last year. Andres Jimenez, who put up 140 WRC+. Plus. Jose Ramirez, who you know is a guy that should contend for MVPs. And when I was breaking down third baseman on this show, I said he will be the best third baseman in baseball this season. I stand by that take. Then you got Josh Bell and Josh Naylor. So two guys that 
you know, probably could give you 20 home runs uh, who are, are going to, you know, hit for the high enough average, get on base. I mean, you look at what Josh Bell did last year, and it was really a tale of two seasons for him. If they get the guy that was in Washington who was playing kind of stress-free baseball on a bad team, he hit 301 with 384 on base and a 493 slugging, good for a 143 WRC plus, and he had 14 home runs in 103 games. So you know, kind of on pace to get close to that 20 home run mark. He did eclipse 20 home runs in 2021-27 that year, and then you go back to 2019, he had 37. Go back to 2017, he had 26. So he's proven he can get past that 25 home run mark. If he wasn't so bad down the stretch, maybe flirts with 20. But what you love about his season last year, the strikeout and the walk rate. I mean, this is a guy that's always going to give you that. He's not going to strike out a ton, you know, outside of an abbreviated 2020 season where he struck out at a 26.5% clip. He's been below 20% throughout his career last year. Strikeout rate at 15.8%. Walk rate at 12.5%. That's quality at bats behind Jose Ramirez. And then you go to Josh Naylor as, you know, the fifth guy in that. He went out last year and really established himself, had a great breakout campaign, 256 average, 319 on base, 452 slug. The 20 home runs, 79 runs driven in a 117 WRC plus means he was 17% better than your league average hitter. I think there is some length in this lineup now that I like. Oscar Gonzalez gives them a, another power bat a little bit later on. You know, Ahmed Rosario, wherever you put him, is going to hit for a high average, not get on base at the best of clips. But overall, this lineup is pretty solid at the top, particularly with Quan and Jimenez, uh, unless they want to go with Rosario. But still, you know, putting some runners on as table setters for guys like Jose Ramirez and Bella Naylor that can drive them in. You go over to the Minnesota side. There's this dream that we've been waiting to see unfold, and it's called Byron Buxton is healthy for a season. If Byron Buxton is healthy, I and Correa too for that matter, but I think you feel better about Correa than Buxton at this point, which says a lot considering the failed medicals this year. You know, If you look at Byron Buxton and you look at his career, one season did he play over 100 games. 2017, played 140 games. If you look at what he's done offensively the last couple of years, and you imagine it over a full year, last season he had 28 home runs in 92 games. Now, overall, his slash line wasn't great. He had 224, 306 on base, but the 526 slug. A year before, he was a 306 hitter, 358 on base, 647 slug. He had a 171 WRC plus in 61 games in 2021. If you put him together, let's actually do that math quickly here if I can. 2021, 2022, combine it. You're going to get close to a full season of Byron Buxton. What does that look like? I'll tell you, it looks like an eight-win player. That's what it looks like for Byron Buxton because he is just that impactful when on the field. So last two years, it's 153 games played, 257 average, 327 on base, 576 slugging, a 150 WRC plus, 50% better than your league average hitter, 47 home runs, and an 8.1 F4. If they get 150 games out of Byron Buxton, which is the biggest if imaginable because we just haven't seen it, this lineup takes a different complexion. 
uh, because then it's Buxton Correa, Jorge Polanco. Polanco didn't have a great year last year, but the year before, very good. You know, another injury guy behind that, Max Kepler. What are you going to get from him? What are you going to get from Jose Miranda? All of these guys, to a certain extent, bring questions. But we look at, you know, a, a, a Miranda as someone who was a rookie last season. He hit 268, 325 on base, 426 slug, had 15 home runs in 125 games, got better as the year wore on. You know, if he can actually go up, and let's just say he, he bumps that WRC plus to a 127 instead of 117, and maybe gets on base at a 345 clip instead of a 325 clip, and that guy's batting, you know, fifth for you. I think you really like where you are. When you look at Polanco. Uh, you know, last year it was a down season, but he still put up a 119 WRC plus, gone on base at a 346 clip. The slug went down though. Slug was 405. Year before, you got a 503 slug percentage from Polanco because he hit 33 home runs in 152 games. You know, that's one X factor for them. Having Max Kepler healthy would be a big one. Last couple years, he's been hovering around, you know, 121 games played in 2021, 115 last year. How many times are you going to get him in the lineup? And who's he going to be when he's there? You know, 2019, we saw the best of him where he hit 36 home runs. That's kind of an aberration of a season at this stage of his career because we just haven't seen enough of it. So we'll kind of see. I, I think the outfield is interesting because you can get to a point where you go Byron Buxton and you have, uh, if you want to go defense, Michael Taylor starting out with him and you put Kepler in the DH spot, or maybe even bench him if you want to get Royce Lewis out there into the mix somewhere, whether that be DH or you DH Polanco, put Lewis at second. They have a lot of different things they can do with this lineup, and I think overall, if everything came together for the Twins, they would be better than the Guardians, but there are so many question marks up and down the roster. You know, if Joey Gallo is 2021 Joey Gallo, you know, before he got traded, because obviously when he got traded to the Yankees kind of went into the tank and we saw it you know second half of 2021 first half of 2022 and then with the Dodgers he wasn't much better it was slightly better not much better look back at the first half of 2021 with the Rangers 95 games played he hit 223 got on base at a 379 clip 138 WRC plus and he hit 25 homers in those 95 games is that guy gone forever, or is there 80% of that guy that the Twins can squeeze out this year? Because if they get that, and Christian Vasquez has one of his good offensive seasons. You have Alex Kirilov, who still is yet to establish himself, but he could this year at first base, and that would give you another strong option. Look at your bench. You know, you could have Nick Gordon, Donovan Solano, Kyle Farmer. That's a lot of guys that figure into the infield mix, but Gordon maybe gets some time in the outfield. Uh, you know, maybe Nick Gordon can grab a spot from a Kepler in the outfield or a Gallo, depending on where he can find his playing time. It's a really solid player. I, I think when they get, here's all the ifs, right? Because Royce Lewis tore his ACL last year. If you told me you get, let's even say, you know, 90 games of Lewis, and 140 from Buxton and Correa. And some of these other guys can play up to what they've done in the past. And you know, Miranda takes that step forward. I might like the Twins more. But again, there are too many ifs. Here's what I know about the Guardians. Steven Kwan's going to hit for a high average. He's going to get on base. Andres Jimenez, same thing. Ahmed Rosario, 
He might not be a net positive offensive player overall. He's not going to be a 115 WRC plus guy. But if he's right at 100 and he's hitting 280 for me, I mean, the guy's hit 282 essentially the last two seasons. As much as we say that the walks matter as much as the hits, I'll tell you what. There's a runner on second base. Hit means a lot more than the walk. And he did drive in 71 runs. He's kind of a throwback player where he's getting RBIs, he's scoring runs, he's stealing bases, 11 home runs each of the last two years. Ahmed Rosario, not a, a huge net positive overall, but the last two seasons he's been consistent. A 2.4 player, a 2.4 F4, I should say. That's solid. That's not bad. So again, He's less of a question mark. He's very consistent. He's consistently average, but I know he's going to be there and be average for me. I know that Jose Ramirez is going to be an MVP candidate. I know Josh Bell, for the most part, is going to be at least a 115 WRC plus guy. I'm pretty confident that Josh Naylor can repeat what he did last year. I like the upside of an Oscar Gonzalez. Miles Straw is an incredible defensive center fielder. Mike Zanino not a bad bounce back candidate who can provide some thump behind the dish. Uh, you know, they might be a little bit thin when you look at their bench, but they also have some prospects who are, you know, on the horizon that could be big. Gabriel Arias, what's he going to be for them? You know, they have a lot of different, you know, you know, is Valera going to come up this year? They have options coming that could make them better. And the floor of what they are of a team is better to me. So I think the Guardians are better offensively. I think the ceiling of what the Twins could become if Buxton and Correa are healthy and you get a Royce Lewis back is probably better. But there's too many question marks for me to give it to them. Now we go to the rotations, right? Top of the Guardians rotation, I like better. Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill. I think that's a very good 1-2-3 punch, particularly the top two of that rotation. Aaron Savali, Zach Plesak, don't love that. Don't love that at all. You go over to the twin side, okay? And honestly, their front four, really good. Like, it's not great. There's not a clear-cut ace. I mean, you know, roster resource has Pablo Lopez as the ace. Is it him? Is it Sonny Gray? Is it Joe Ryan? I don't know, but it's like four guys when you add in Tyler Malley that's like at their peak, their twos, and they're most likely at least threes, at worst fours, but they're all just quality starters. And Kenta Maeda could be decent for them. I like their rotation, the depth of it, a lot. I don't know if I would say it's better than the Guardians. I still would lean Guardians because of the upside of their top two, and you know the Twins just don't have that. But I could see this team putting it together and competing. You know, I don't think that the separation between these two teams is so great that the Twins can't win this division if their best outcome comes to fruition. The bullpen is another one where, look at the Twins, Jorge Lopez. You got Duran, who is, I mean, we'll talk about Emmanuel Class A in a minute, who's unbelievable, but Duran, his rookie season, he's throwing 100-mile-per-hour splitters that are disgusting, whatever you call them, splitter, slinker. I've seen multiple ways to describe the pitch. 11.84 strikeouts per nine last year, 1.86 ERA, getting his feet wet as a rookie. Uh, you know, they have some options here. Griffin Jacks, Emilio Pagan, Caleb Thielbar. Uh, they got guys, and their bullpen could come together. But I look at the Guardians, and it's Emmanuel Classe. It's James Karnacek. It's Trevor Steven, 
Nick Sandlin. Look at these guys and look at their numbers last year. Class A was the Class A of the league. I know, bad pun, bad pun. I'm sorry. It was right there for him. Class A, Class A of the league, you know. Uh, he was a 1.36 ERA last year, 1.29 the year before. The guy's unbelievable, 42 saves, as locked down as they come. You look at Karinchek, you know, you're you're talking about a 2.08 ERA. He struck out 14.31 batters per nine last year. That's unbelievable. Trevor Steven had a, a great season last year. He went to a 2.69 ERA, 11.59 strikeouts per nine. That bullpen was so lights out that it's hard for me to envision it taking a massive step back. I just think they're going to keep on rolling. Nick Sandlin last year, also 2.25 ERA, 44 innings. So count up all the guys with sub-3 ERAs in this bullpen. It's just simply better than what the Twins have to offer. So bullpen, I give an edge to the Guardians. Rotation, I have to give a slight edge to the Guardians. Lineup, Guardians. So to me... Not really a contest. Cleveland Guardians are better than this Twins team. The question's going to be, and we're going to answer this with Elijah Evan next week, are the Guardians better than the White Sox? Or can the White Sox, who were the best team in this division in 2021, revert back to that form and surpass what the Guardians just did last year, then building upon their strong season when they made the playoffs? I think that's going to be an interesting debate, and we'll leave it for next week. Thank you for watching today's episode of Who's Better Baseball. Make sure you follow, rate, and review where you get your podcast if you're listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribing if you're watching on YouTube. Make sure you follow me at Finkelstein Ryan, uh, and make sure you check out all the great written work we have at JustBaseball.com. This week, we have released all of the previews for the American League East and the American League Central and I believe we're going American League West on Tuesday. Uh, then it goes to the National League. I think it might be East, Central, West to close out the week there. As we get all these previews in ahead of opening day, which a couple weeks away at this point. So make sure you stay tuned. Everything is coming your way at JustBaseball.com.